It's the 5th of April, 2021. We've come together to practice. And uh, in this practice, whatever posture we're in, whether it's standing, walking, sitting, lying down, then we have mindfulness. And uh, having mindfulness with whatever we're doing, um, that is the practice that shows that we're practicing. And so with the postures, if we stand for four hours, then sit for four hours, walk for four hours, lie down for five hours, this isn't what it means to make uh, the postures even or constant. But what it does mean, making the postures even, is to have mindfulness there with all of our activities in whatever posture we're in. So if we're working all day, then we try to be training ourselves in mindfulness as well. As well. Because if we don't train in this, then the mind will always be thinking without stop, without rest. And there will just be all these thoughts about a whole manner of different things, and the mind will be stirred up and frantic, and it won't be at peace. It'll be, the mind will always be involved in issues to do with me and mine, and self and other. Therefore, we need to find the time to bring the heart to rest. What this means is to sit in meditation or to do walking meditation. This is what it is to uh, rest our hearts, to bring them to stillness. We can look at the breath, for instance, the in-breath, uh, the out-breath. And uh, we can focus on this at different points. It's okay to look at the breath rise or the, the stomach rise and fall or the chest rise and fall. Or sometimes the mind will gather together at the tip of our nose or at our forehead. And it can be very firm the way it comes together. And the mind comes into peace and joy can come up quite strongly within the heart. And then tears can flow and the body can feel like it grows very tall or expands a lot. Or it can feel like uh, there's um, electricity running through the body. Or maybe the entire body will feel very cool and light. Perhaps we're listening to some chanting and this reaches very deeply into our hearts, even though we don't know what it means. But when we listen to that, we feel like our hearts are filled up with that chanting, despite not knowing the meaning. And uh, there's a great sense of inner ease. A lot of joy comes up and tears can flow. And this is what it's like um, when our minds are in a peaceful state. When there's this joy, this happiness there, the heart becomes very firm and samadhi arises. And the body can become very firm as well, just like a rock. And when the mind leaves the state of samadhi, it will feel like it has a lot of energy to it. And it won't get so easily involved in all of its emotions and all of the impressions that come into it. When the eye sees a form, or our ears hear a sound, our nose contacts odor, um, the tongue contacts taste, there's tactile sensations which touch the body, or there are thoughts and emotions arising in the heart, then the mind won't be so shaken by those things because it has this energy of peace. And this is something that we're all able to do, but it requires our training. We have to try to train.
These things arise due to the effort that we put in. And so if we try um, to do that, if we try to meditate, we try to watch the breath, but the mind isn't peaceful, and we can uh, use um, some other methods. If we're feeling sleepy, then we should open our eyes. If the mind's very distracted, then we breathe in very deeply, so it fills up our lungs, and then breathe all of the air out, and do this two or three times, or if that's not enough, then we can do that five times. And then we start looking at the breath and its normal state anew as it comes and goes, bringing the mind to peace. Perhaps on the in-breath we recite Bud, the out-breath Do. For some people they like to contemplate um, and they enjoy this more than uh, using the um, meditation objects which are more focused at peace. And so this is also possible to do with the breath. We see that the breath, it comes in, it stays for just a tiny bit, and then it leaves. And so we can contemplate the arising, the persisting for just a short while, and the ceasing of the breath, and do this with every single in-breath and out-breath. And see that with every second, every minute, every hour, there's this constant arising and ceasing. Just like how when we turn on a switch, a light switch, and that electricity flows into the light bulb, and then we uh, see that there's brightness that comes out of that bulb. But this actually depends upon inconstancy. It depends upon change. Uh, because that electricity, it's not actually a constant stream. It's also arising and ceasing as well. And there's that energy there which arises and ceases. But it's happened so quickly that we don't see it. All we see is this constant brightness. But really, it is arising and ceasing. So we should contemplate into our bodies in the same manner. And this is using wisdom to cultivate samadhi. We see this arising and ceasing, see into instability, and use these, these objects of vipassana, of insight. These things are not me, they're not mine. So in the beginning, we take up these objects of insight to bring about peace, to gather, to gather our minds into samadhi. And then when they're in the state of samadhi, then we can contemplate anew and gain a more clear understanding. And so perhaps um, someone comes and offers flowers uh, to a shrine. And if those flowers don't get much water, then they quite quickly become withered. Um, jasmine flowers, for example. It can very quickly become brown and withered. And if our minds are at peace, well-established and calm, and then when we look at this, we can bring that reflection into ourselves and see that these flowers, their beauty is just temporary, just like these bodies of ours. They look like they're strong right now, but that strength is just temporary. Tell ourselves that these things, they are inconstant, these things are not sure. And just this, just telling ourselves this is enough for wisdom to arise. Or perhaps sometimes there's a very strong wind that blows through the forest and leaves fall down. Brown leaves fall, yellow leaves fall. And if the wind is really strong, then even green leaves fall. And so we also bring this reflection into ourselves and see that this life is something that is not sure. 
it's something unstable. And this is wisdom cultivating samadhi in the hearts. And if we contemplate very, very frequently, uh, then the mind can reach into peace. And initially this is kanaka samadhi, this uh, temporary or minor form of samadhi. It's just a little bit, but when we develop that a lot, then it can gather into neighborhood samadhi, upachara samadhi. We see that at this state, the joy, the mind is joyful. There's a fullness of heart. Whether we're sitting, whether we're walking, we feel at ease. And we can practice without, um, without kind of letting up. We have this intention, we have this sincerity to care for our hearts. And so we carry on putting in our effort like this without retreating. And we um, carry on with the practice, and little by little we'll gain understanding into the nature of inconstancy. And so we can um, think um, in this way, that if there are good thoughts, we tell ourselves that this is something unsure. If there are bad thoughts, this is unsure. That they're just thoughts, and there's no me there who's thinking them. These thoughts don't belong to me. It's just physicality, mentality, just sankharas. So it's avijja, ignorance, that gives rise to sankhara. And uh, then there's uh, vijnana, sense consciousness, and then form and uh, mentality. And it's delusional ignorance that causes all of this, that uh, promotes this proliferation. And if wisdom isn't arising, then we should bring up a meditation word or a mantra initially. And uh, we try to keep the mind with this, keep the mind with these good thoughts. We can also recollect our own goodness. So for the monks, for instance, that we're able to come and live our lives as monks, that we can keep these 227 precepts. And we do a lot of goodness throughout the day. We helped out in the monastery, helped to sweep, helped to mop, helped to clean the place. So we keep this goodness there in our hearts. And uh, for the lay people, you can recollect all the generosity that you've done offering food to the monks on alms round, um, sacrificing in order to support the Buddha sasana. We think like this so that the mind can feel at ease, it can fill up with this goodness. We bring the mind to remember all of these good things. And then we can also chant the recollections of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And uh, we can chant this in Thai, we chant it in English. And when we do it in a language that we understand, then the meaning can uh, go quite deeply into our hearts, that we gain this uh, very deep um, respect towards the Dhamma. So for all Buddhas, um, our Buddha in this present age, all the Buddhas of the past, and all the Buddhas of the future who will realize awakening, all of them had this deep respect for the Dhamma. And so there's the Dhamma of sila, or virtue, the Dhamma of samadhi, the Dhamma of panya, or wisdom. And these are all Dhamma. And even when one of the Buddha's disciples was teaching the Dhamma, and he taught all the way from 6 a.m. till 6 p.m., but the Buddha stopped uh, to listen to this teaching out of respect for the Dhamma. 
And so for us, we contemplate and uh, we practice this Dhamma, and we do this in homage to the Buddha, seeing all things as being inconstant, stressful, and not self. And uh, when we see into this nature of inconstancy, we see everything as being equal, that really there are no beings, there's no me, there's no other, that the bodies of all beings have to deteriorate, and actually they're not really there. And everything which comes into our minds, all of the things that we experience, these all arise, stay for a bit, and then cease. Any good intentions we have, any bad intentions we have, these arise, stay for a little bit, and then cease. All skillful qualities in the mind, all unskillful qualities in the mind, they arise, they stay for a bit, and they cease. So we see that these things, they're not sure. These things are unstable. And we train our minds to see with clarity. And if it's not clear, this is because wisdom isn't arising, and that's because the mind isn't peaceful. So what should we do then? These qualities of wisdom, of samadhi, and of mindfulness, um, these are things that we need to train. These are things that we need to intentionally cultivate in order to gain them. Um, because when these things are already there in a full and constant manner, then there's no need for us to do any more training, right? But now we're still in the stage where we are training. We still have these defilements there of greed, hatred, and delusion. And when they come up, we must endure with them. And it can actually be quite fun being with all the suffering, all the torture that goes on in the practice. It's like staying in a charnel ground and all the fear um, of being there. This proliferation, thinking about how these spirits and these ghosts are going to come and get me. They're going to be like this and like that. And this is what it was like uh, for me when I went to stay out in uh, this charnel ground. There was so much proliferation that went on. <clears throat> and so many stories that my mind spun about all these different spirits. Uh, but I also took this word of Buddha to fight with this proliferation. And whenever my mind stopped reciting Buddha, then it would immediately go into fear. Um, there was so much, also so much physical stress and pressure on my body as well. And my mind just proliferated and carried on doing this until it didn't know what else to proliferate about. It went right until the end of proliferation, until nothing was left. And then when it stopped proliferating, all the ghosts disappeared. They weren't there anymore. So really these spirits, they are proliferation. The mind coming to trick us. And it's um, spin stories, how there'll be ghosts like this and like that, and the mind gets terrified. And so what I had to do was just recite Buddha, Buddha, without stopping, to bring up very good and firm mindfulness. And um, I had this. Uh, even if I moved my left hand or my right hand, um, I had mindfulness over those movements, over there constantly, because I knew I had to prepare myself well for going into this charnel ground, and I took these ghosts to be my teacher. So the mind was peaceful and was also very awake because of this fear. And when it's in this state, then it's able to see into anatta, into not-self, to become empty. 
And uh, all the things that we um, can easily become frightened over, we see that they're not actually there. We see that there isn't really a me or an other. We see that all these things, all beings, have to die. And through this, the mind um, goes very, becomes very easeful, very joyful. And so when there isn't much mindfulness, then samadhi, or sorry, wisdom just won't arise. And then what do we need to do then? We need to take our practice uh, back and start anew. And uh, when I look back to my time in this channel ground, it seems uh, like it was quite fun fighting with this fear. But at that time, when I was uh, doing it, when I was actually there, it wasn't so much fun. It was terrifying. There was so much suffering. And if there's nothing we can do about a situation, then we just have to endure with that. And when we endure, then we're not wasting anything. We're not losing anything. We carry on enduring, we carry on contemplating, we don't become disheartened. If the mind starts becoming discouraged, we tell ourselves this too is something not sure. We teach ourselves like this, always reiterating this point. And as we carry on practicing, then we will gain knowledge. And so may all of you really try in the practice like this. For those who are of the inclination to be faithful, um, then always be keeping the good qualities of the Buddha with your hearts, chanting this recollection of the Buddha, it be so 108 times. And you can do this for 10 rounds in one day. Try it out, 10 rounds in one day, and see what changes happen within your own mind. And take this as the foundation of your meditation practice. And we see that if the mind is getting distracted by things, then it's not very mindful. So we need to, and even though uh, we may be quite restrained externally, the mind can still be proliferating internally. And so keeping these mantras, um, such as Buddha, with the mind is a good idea. Or we can recite Arahang Sama Sambuddha. So do this a lot, develop this a lot. It's something that's very important to do. And uh, even though it's something important, many people don't do it. They don't practice like this. So we do need to chant. Or we can be constantly watching, arising and ceasing, arising and ceasing, seeing all things as being not self, using wisdom to give rise to samadhi. This is also something that's possible for us to do. And so do it a lot. So we can... Um, Contemplate into this nature of inconstancy, see how things are not sure. Um, and look at all the things outside of us being this way as well. A big and strong house, for example, that this too is of the nature to break. The roof becomes leaky as well. Or a very expensive car, that this also breaks down. Or maybe the oil will run out. Even planes um, sometimes crash. So we contemplate into how things are unreliable in this way. That this is just the nature of all the things we create, all the tools that we use. As we use them, then they deteriorate. And our bodies are just the same. Even though right now they can walk around, they can speak. But as we use them more and more, then they deteriorate. And the body is unreliable in this way. 
And so we um, contemplate, we see how there were both male and female um, awakened disciples of the Buddha. And when they listened to the Buddha's teachings, then they were able to understand his Dhamma. Uh, Like Lady uh, Kutuchara, who um, she would buy flowers uh, for the palace of King Udena. And uh, she ended up by teaching uh, Dhamma to the queen, uh, Samawadi. And as the uh, queen listened to the Dhamma uh, that her uh, attendant taught, uh, then she attained to Sotapanna. And having attained to this, she had very high respect for her attendant um, because she had listened to her Dhamma and she had this very deep uh, respect for the Dhamma. So we see that the Dhamma is what takes us to a good and happy place. But ah Dhamma, that which goes against the Dhamma, is what uh, takes beings into hell. So for us, we are practicing the Dhamma, and we try to bring this continuously into our hearts, and this cares for our hearts and doesn't allow them to fall into a bad place. And it can also lead our hearts towards emptiness. And uh, when we see emptiness with clarity, then the mind reaches Nibbāna. So may all of you cultivate your hearts, and everyone here is very fortunate, we all have a lot of merit, that we've been born as a human and we've met with the Dhamma, and we don't know when we're going to next have this opportunity to meet with these teachings, so we should use this to train ourselves well. Um, and see the Dhamma there within our own hearts, that this Dhamma is Pachatang, Veditapo, Vinyuhi, there to be experienced individually for the wise. And so it appears within the hearts of wise being. So may all of you uh, not be heedless.